Someone You Should Know, a program about people you know and even more that you don't. Hosted by Stuart Sachs, veteran, husband, father, and grandfather. Now, here's your host, Stuart Sachs. Well, welcome to another edition of Someone You Should Know. As always, glad that you're taking the time to spend a little bit of a time with us. Uh, today's show is going to be uh, a, a little bit different uh, because you know I reach out to people all over the world uh, and and talk to all kinds of celebrities and people who are, who are completely unknown and all. But today's a little bit different because I'm bringing in somebody that you already do know, somebody who is uh, a, a, an important part of my life, an important part of someone you should know, and uh, uh, well. Heck, here he is, Brandon Navarro. <laughs> glad to glad to have you with us, Brandon. Well, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me back on the show here, um, where it all started. Yeah, and, we started. Uh, gosh, it's awesome. almost five years ago, I think, I know. Or, or more that, uh, that I had you in the show just because I had read an article you wrote in a magazine, and that I know, and here we are. Yep, that started our friendship, and uh, we have shared so many conversations. For those that are watching and listening, it is not Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock. Uh, this is not trash talk. No. Uh, this is someone you should know. I just happen to have the co-host of Trash Talk on the show as my guest this morning. And, uh, and uh, you know, we are brought to you by our, our and not my, our good friend christine dean uh christine does does websites development and she helps people market their businesses through their websites and social media and she also has branched out and does exactly what she does for brandon and i she is the producer of our shows and uh she can help you produce a podcast if you'd like just reach out to her you can either go to the website that's right there on the screen, or you can go to dfwnetworkingdiva.com and reach out to Christine Dean. She is really awesome. Yeah, absolutely. We we need her a lot. Yeah, yeah. what what she does. The beauty of having a producer do, do, work with you on your on your podcast is it gives you the ability to do what you want to do, and that is to talk. And present what you're what you're presenting, and not having to be tied down to pressing buttons, and also, oh, cool cup, what you got there? Oh, Master Chief, oh, Master there. Chief for all my my Halo fans out there. My son got it for me uh, about a year ago or two. I don't know um, for for Father's Day. He's he well, I mean, hey, smart kid knows I like coffee, oh. and I need coffee cups, so there's no argument there. Yeah, you know? yeah, and he knows you like Star Wars because he likes you know? Star Wars. All that stuff from Star Wars to the Halo game. So he he finds it and boom, it's, that's what's great about that age and great about him is, you know, he thinks about it. It's not just like, you know, I'm going to just grab it. He's like, oh, I watch this. My dad watches this. So, yeah, it's it's cool. So I was like, oh, I mean, you know what? I haven't drank out of this cup in a while. It holds a lot of coffee. Let's do this. <laughs> Well, you know, we're going to we're going to probably talk about a whole bunch of things today. Uh, but yeah. what really what 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 I'll, I'll tell you, we'll we'll dive right in. What prompted this was, uh, as all of you know, there have been recent unfortunate uh, circumstances over the last couple of weeks here in, in North Texas and all. And most most recently was at the uh, Allen Outlet Mall uh, where another shooter uh, took out, um, uh, eight people and it's, and it is, it has gotten under the skin of both, uh, Brandon and I, we, we often, we get together folks, uh, uh, outside of our shows, uh, sometimes just sit down for an hour or two and have coffee and we just discuss the world. And sometimes, most of the times we agree, we, we kind of agree on the same, same path that, that things should go in. Uh, sometimes we disagree. But we always are receptive to each other's ideas and and comments and all because we learn from each other and we learn it from a from a couple of perspectives. I uh, you know uh, I consider Brandon to be like my brother and all, although our age difference would make him more my son. 
Uh, <laughs> but we, I can give things from a perspective from my growing up, and he does it from his growing up, and we both have learned just through life, you know, just uh, uh, on the road, what what what's going on, and we talk about it, and both of us just really were deeply, deeply affected by by what happened. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> in which time, but, you know, definitely recently. Yeah. I mean, for me, I was texting you. It, we are bombarded by media and conversations a lot, you know, about things that we don't like, uh, things that bother us. And, and we, you know, can choose to ignore them or not. This is something you definitely should never ignore. But for some reason, that week in particular was just... I don't know what was going on that week, but there was stuff that was happening and it all kind of led up to this. And I'm not saying connected, but we had incidents at the Frisco Fair. We had an incident, you know, yeah. <clears throat> just coming off the incident in Cleveland, uh, Texas, you know, with that horrible tragedy. Um, we had the following day, actually the, the following day with the Frisco ISD, we had threats against the Frisco ISD. Thank God they found the middle schooler who did that. But, and then you had this and it just felt like for me personally, I can only say it felt like I was, I was getting weighed down by it. I, I was really upset. It wasn't even just an anger thing. I was just downright upset about all this stuff that was happening and here we are yeah you know <clears throat> and we both get upset for pretty much the same reasons because there are other things that are going on in our in our community in our our local state and and national government where it seems our legislators will jump right in in order to stop something from happening and yet something like this death on our streets and death in our malls and death in our schools and everything. They just keep sending back to committee to study. And, and I've often mentioned that this all started almost 50 years ago with the shooting from the, the, uh, the tower at the university of Texas yeah. was, was when this, this kind of came to the forefront and 50 years later, we are still talking about what we're going to do about it. Uh, you know, and, and that's a good point, too, because when you look at history and you look at the, this isn't a, a declining situation. This isn't a declining pandemic. This is exactly, an exactly the opposite. It's yeah. the opposite. And I watched recently, I went back and because sometimes I got to make sure that I'm not just angry and jaded that I need to really go back and look at what some of these governors and senators and things like that really have said over the years to make sure that I'm not just, you know, looking at tunnel vision. And I'm not, I, I mean, I went back, especially here in Texas and, and that's where we are. Um, I look back and I watch, and this isn't going to be a political bash. It's just really talking. I look yeah. back and I watch what governor Abbott has said over the years after mass shooting after mass shooting after mass shooting and it's the same it is there nothing has changed on an emotional level on a political level nothing it is copy and paste and then you go back and you read social media tweets and and posts from other senators and and people in texas it's a copy and paste and i think that's where it really gets me and i imagine a lot of people is Nobody is sitting here and blaming Governor Abbott for every single mass shooting that happens. I'm not even saying that, and I don't even like him. Um, I'm blaming him for the lack of compassion, for the lack of focus, and for the lack of effort to even attempt to do something different. I'm not saying everything's going to work, that he's going to come up with the one idea that's going to work. But to try to come up with something is where I'm blaming him. You know, just after that Uvalde incident, that tragedy, I don't even want to say tragedy, massacre, we loosened the gun laws in Texas. 
Oh, well, you <laughs> Texas has, in in my estimation, and and, and I'll, you know, Brandon and I are willing to argue this with anybody, and and not not I I shouldn't use the word argue. We're willing to discuss it open and civilly with anybody. If somebody could please tell me why the current gun laws that we have are adequate and that they shouldn't be looked at seriously and they shouldn't be changed and not tomorrow or next year or down the road, but yesterday. Uh, That's what it boils down to because it's only going to get worse if, if you don't make the laws better. You know, on the one hand, uh, there was somebody that said, "Oh, yeah, well, if you if you outlaw AR-15s, there's going to be there's going to be a mad dash uh, to hoard AR-15s." Yeah, that probably will happen, but at least it will it it'll curtail it for a little while. I I got I got real incensed by by a few comments. I've got papers all over here from people that have, that have said stupid stuff. I I think about this one of them actually uh well since we mentioned uh mr cruz uh and and what you just said about governor abbott it's the same way ted cruz was quoted after this incident as saying heidi his wife and i are praying for the families of the victims of this horrific mall shooting in allen texas we pray also for the broader collin county community that is in shock from this tragedy are we in shock though? Are we I, in shock anymore? I mean, I I think the people are in shock, but the legislators certainly aren't. It was like this is what you said. It's like a standard response. Oh, I am appalled at what happened, and and I pray for the family of the victims. You know, I was thinking about something. They always want to blame this on mental mental illness, uh, and and. Rightfully, they usually find that the majority of these shooters do have some kind of mental issues, whether it is it is a, a some form of mental illness or it's post-traumatic stress. But I was thinking at the Allen Center, this guy, I think they said, did suffer from some post-traumatic stress. But now there are eight families that are going to be affected by post-traumatic stress for the rest of their lives after this shooter was taken down. And that's what happens in each one of these. 19, what is it, 19 families in Uvalde are going to have to live with this image the rest of their lives, and they're going to need to seek professional help in order just to get through the rest of their lives because of one person who had some form of post-traumatic stress or a, a mental illness. And I, 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 am I wrong or are we, we're just not addressing that? I think there's, you brought up several things. One, you brought up Cruz, you know, he's my favorite. Yeah. Um, on an interview recently on, I imagine, I don't know what channel, one major outlet, I saw it. Ted Cruz was it talking about the immigration situation going on, the border crisis, that's his thing talking about that and i'm also not saying that he's not right on some of those things i think it there's common sense here we're we're you know it yeah. doesn't take a genius to figure out that something isn't working down there um he was asked he or he was it was brought up by the person interviewing him hey i by the way before we get started i just want to address the terrible situation that happened in allen texas you know um blah 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 ted cruz literally and you can pull this up this isn't me you know, you don't do fake like, news here. No, he literally didn't acknowledge that statement and dive right in to attacking Joe Biden about the border. How much do you think he's really praying about you and praying for Texas if he can't even take a second out of the spot or in the spotlight to address yeah. the people that live in his state that lost their lives? So, you, so that's I don't buy it. I don't yeah. buy it at all. Um, and it's easier to send a representative or something to the situation rather than going yourself or showing up at a funeral or or really showing your true emotions. It's easier to just make a statement and assume that it. that's going to be accepted by everybody. But you talked about mental illness. And I think there's when you look at Alan, because that's the most recent situation. <clears throat> you look at Alan, 
you have kids now that lost everything. Family, gone. They're their sole survivor. You have people that were there shopping with their families. You have you have two little girls that are gone and all they were doing was shopping. No different than what you and I do. You know, no different than just taking a day out to the park and playing. You go to the mall. I mean, you can't get more basic. How were they putting themselves in danger? Um, and they are going to have some sort of post-traumatic stress. They're going to have an issue. We Every single person that is in power, it seems like, likes to look at mental illness as being the number one culprit behind these mass shootings. I'm not saying that that is not a piece of some pie. I, I absolutely agree. We have a major mental illness crisis, I think, in this country. Um, yeah. I think we have. I think we've had for a long time. Uh, the whole way they handled COVID did not help that. Um, and I think that there's other factors. Absolutely. You're not going to hear me argue that. But I'm kind of getting tired of that to be the excuse for everything that happens. That's like saying when a kid acts up in school, oh, well, the parents didn't raise them right. That's not necessarily true. Look, some of these people that committed these mass shootings, check out as being quote unquote normal. He purchased a legal weapon. Those weapons were not illegal. Okay. He had multiple weapons too, by the way, didn't he? He had eight, I believe is the magic number. Yeah. Um, he also scouted out that area days before. This is a premeditated thing. This isn't like I'm having a breakdown and I just happen to have my gun on me and I'm going to shoot everybody. I can't sit here and blame mental illness on everything. And if mental illness is such a big deal, like Greg Abbott says, and like Cruz and others say, and why did Greg Abbott cut the mental illness funding by $211 million? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, it, 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 it doesn't make sense. There was a, uh, 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 Stephen, Stephen Spain, uh, Spain honor, uh, our Spain hour. Uh, he was at the site. Uh, he was he was interviewed afterwards, and he said something that really does make a lot of, a lot of sense. He said mental health didn't fire that gun; those people were killed with bullets. Uh, we've you know we've seen over the years that there are you know barroom brawls where where people get upset or somebody goes back to their place of business and they they uh, toss a match or what. This has gotten to a, 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 a an epidemic stage where it seems that the way to get back at anybody is to go out and get a weapon and and kill somebody, whether it's one, two, or 20, 20 people. And I, I I agree there have to be some some laws put into place. Number one, I am a personal fan of saying AR-15s history. They're just not sold in gun shops. They're not sold in, in uh, gun shows. They are just not allowed to be used or to be seen on the street. The only place that they are going to be used is in the hands of law enforcement or the military, because that's that's who those weapons of mass destruction were designed for. Not the not not the 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 legitimate hunter. Uh, the legitimate gun owner. Uh, it, that's not what that weapon was was made for. Uh, so by raising the age to get an AR-15, what is that going to solve? Well, if I if I want an AR-15, I can find somebody that's 21 years old and say, here, here's uh, you know, here's a thousand bucks. Go in and buy that $800 weapon and keep the other 200 for yourself. Done. Well, you know. So when you look at like, I mean, first off, ain't nobody hunting with an AR-15. You see what an AR-15 does when you hunt? Absolutely. I mean, does anybody, I'm just saying. I've seen what uh, an AR-15 does to a target at a, at a, at a uh, gun, gun uh, range. Oh yeah. I've, I've shot them. 
Yeah, we, yeah. In in, in less than five seconds, there is not a drop of paper left on, on that, and that's that's why it's the gun of choice. Is because you don't even have to be a marksman. You don't no. even have to know how to use the sights. All you got to do is pull a trigger and move left and right no. and up and down. It's literally the mass casualty as fast as you can. It's a killing um, machine. It, it, so it. I I do think that AR-15s are a massive problem. I mean, when you go back and you look at the history of mass shootings, what pops up? And there's a reason why. Number one, they are pretty cheap in comparison. I mean, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying, yeah, you can get your upgrade, but you get a couple hundred bucks. You can get a pretty low. I mean, just Google it and you can get one. Um, so we sit here and we talk about these kids and especially like these, the Uvalde uh, maniac. How did he get that? Well, it's not hard. Okay. Well, how did a teenager get a couple hundred dollars? Have you met teenagers recently? Okay. They got more money than I got, <laughs> you know, and it, it it's not hard to get this madman, this maniac, this killing machine that came to Allen came there with a mission. He did not just show up in a hoodie. He had his tactical gear on, yep, multiple weapons, plotted out the event, and I'm for lack of a better term, I'm sorry, executed that event. I think that the least we can do, which right now I know that a panel filed by uh, Democratic Republican uh, Tracy King of Batesville, HB 2744, that's filed in Texas, is moved to raise the age of the AR-15s to 21. Look, it'll probably get shot down, no pun intended. Yeah. I, I bet it will. I think so. Abbott's not going to allow that um, because, you know, God forbid. But I think that's the least we could do. And I'm not saying that that's even the answer. But if you if we're moving in that direction of here's another layer, here's another layer, then at least that's the minimum that should have been done already. Because when you look back, when they had the AR ban, look at how many mass shootings we didn't have. Yeah, this is not a new problem. We 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 know that this this now we've already had four over four hundred shootings uh, uh, this year. Just in this year, I don't, what would you, about 130 some days into the year, and we've had 400 shootings in America? That's Texas you, is number two. Yeah. Yeah. This, this it's should, behind this Chicago. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Not a great list to be on. No, no, not at all. And, and recently they said that the homicide rate in Dallas is number eight in the country as far as the, the increase. In the number of homicides, we've 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 risen to number eight. But I, you know, my my one of my main issues is this this discussion of red flag laws. And apparently, apparently, we also need to do something at the gun shop level and the gun show level. And that is, if a guy walks into a gun shop and all, and he he's got a wad of bills in his pocket. Number one, that that sends up one red flag is how does this young guy come in with with, you know, two thousand dollars in cash? He lays it down. He wants to buy an AR-15 and a couple of pistols and he buys 800 rounds of ammunition. Red flag to the guy that's behind the counter. Yeah, I know you're in business to make money, but if if nothing else. Take the guy's money, put it in the register, and as immediately when he walks out the door, you call the authorities and you say, hey, I just sold, you know, $1,200, $1,800 worth of guns and ammunition to a young guy, and you might want to check it out. Uh, his He's driving a, a, a black pickup truck, license plate number. And that's that's re responsible business ownership in my estimation. Now I realize they don't want to do that because hey, it's a business, and you know it's not my job to to check out everybody that buys a gun. You know what? It is your job. Whatever happens, you know. I I think that sense. the red flag logs. So I, it's like there's a split with me, and I hear the arguments in my head. I agree with you that I, I go back to my bartending days. 
I got a guy walks up to a bar or a girl or whoever walks up to a bar. They're already acting a little woozy, tipsy, slurring their words. That's a red flag that they're probably already drank too much, which means legally, because of my TABC license, I should not serve them alcohol. I have to make that call. And guess what? I can do it without any ramifications. They might get mad. They might curse me out and they might leave. Right. right. But I get to keep my license. So on that aspect, when I relate it to guns, I understand like, yeah, that is a red flag. Some guy comes up upset, wants to buy a gun. Should you sell him a gun? The odds are probably not. Here's where the slippery slope goes. We're going to start what I might think is a red flag. You might not. Yeah. And are we going to start reporting people for having too much cash that gets like danger. like the government already watches everything we do and wants everything the last thing i want to do is to have neighbors reporting me because i they happen to see me with a bag and i got a wad of cash you know what i mean so I, but I'm, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you i'm just saying it's dangerous it's a dangerous game there's yeah. got to be other things we can do that are more concrete, like provide better mental health, like provide better, better, uh, better health care. And you know what, if we have to, if we don't want to ban AR-15s, here's a thought. Let's stop selling them for a while. Let's just call it a pause until we figure just something, I, you know, because at least then we can have logical conversations about it and put things in place. The answer, unfortunately, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to get mad at, at me, wouldn't be the first time. The answer in Texas is nobody's going to take my guns. Can't take my guns. I love my gun. And it's like, I have never heard that so much in my life. And you're talking to a guy that has no problem with guns. Like, I'm not, I'm not anti-gun. I am anti-children dying and people dying. I would like to take my kid to the mall with not feeling like I have to come up with an exit strategy every time we do something. Yep. But I'm so tired of hearing, oh, it's my guns, it's my constitution, it's my second amendment. Have you read the second amendment fully? Yep. Number I'm, one? Glad, I'm glad you said that because I, I would like to read the second amendment for, for, for our, our audience because I don't know, I don't know how many people even know that the Second Amendment is all of one sentence. It is one sentence, and this is how it reads. A well-regulated militia, now that's, that's a key word right there too, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. When our founding fathers wrote this, this was after we had fought for our freedom. Absolutely. And they're saying that in order to keep a well-regulated militia, uh, yeah, it was okay to, to have the right to bear arms uh, and to protect yourself and your property. As we progressed across the country, people used weapons in order to, to fend off uh, uh, you know, perpetrators to to their their families and their property, but this First Amendment that everybody a uh, Second Amendment that everybody wants to hide behind. You're not going to take my guns. When this was written, I think I think the worst weapon was a double shot pistol. They had long rifles and they had double shot pistols and all. There's no mention in the Second Amendment then or now as to what type of weapons fall under that. So does that mean, hey, I can go to a gun show and I can walk out with a bazooka uh, and 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 I can walk out with a cannon and put it on my front yard and boy, you 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 put one foot on my yard I'm, and you're going to get a bazooka between your your shoulders. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm 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 making light of it, but no, it's, it's true it's, though. It's, it's true. true. Can if we? If this there was is also, no limit, then there is no limit. This was also a time in history when let's not forget, guys. Like, look what was going on. Okay, like, do we want to go back to that time so that the Second Amendment makes sense? Because right now, the, the, this is a, a growing, evolving document, and I'm not going through and slashing amendments and but. 
we have to change and adapt. We can't be so Cro-Magnon that we look back at that and think that it's going to apply today. Because a lot of things, if you read it back in that, do not apply today because of whatever. Now, when we sit here and we talk about like, well, I need my guns, you know, I don't trust the government. No, first off, nobody's arguing with you. Okay. I don't trust the government. I don't like them. Don't trust them. I think we're going down a bad road. That's a different show. But if you think that having your guns is going to stop the government from doing what they're doing, you have another thing coming. And if you think that the that that you're going to be able to stop the military if they are ordered to do something to the citizens, you have another thing coming. And if people think that the military won't do what they're supposed to do, you're wrong. And I'm not putting anybody down in the military. I think you would have people be like, look, I'm out. But the military isn't here to not, to protect you. They are here as a tool for the government. And I am not bashing anybody in the military. Y'all know I love you. Yeah. But as, as an institution, that's what it's for. So when I hear that, I'm like, sure, you go ahead and keep your guns and see what happens when the tanks come rolling down and see what you can do. The, I'm not saying hand them over. I'm not saying yeah. I even disagree, but we have to make an, something because you brought up gun shows. Well, guess what just happened last Friday? In the midst of all this, we had a woman. This was south, somewhere between Austin and San Antonio. I don't know the exact city, some Podoc city. Went to a gun range to shoot. Okay. They didn't really check her ID. They didn't really do anything. She took out from that gun range an assault rifle and left. They were missing her. They had no information on her. They had no idea what she was doing or where she was going. And you guys can Google all this. She took that gun. That gun was missing. Left on Friday. Was missing until Tuesday when they tracked her down. I, you, I mean, we the laws aren't working. At a gun show recently, a 17-year-old walked in, bought an AR-15 to prove a point. That they could be done. It could be done. Yeah. It's not working. So if the laws are, and, and when Governor Abbott and other politicians say, well, you know, our gun laws are, are, are doing their job, really? Then but, it, how did the man in Cleveland... Yeah. Who was not who was not a citizen which get a gun if the guns are working, if the gun laws are working. Plus, if you want to be proactive on this whole situation, why do you continue to have a state where I can walk into a a, a, a gun show or, or a shop and I can buy it? I don't have to have any kind of training on how to use that weapon. I don't have to have a a license to Nothing. carry that weapon nothing it and 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 it's also a state that says the answer to protecting our kids in our schools is to arm all of the teachers you know i, I now now follow this for just a second imagine the scenario if there's an active shooter that breaches a school and is walking down the hall and in it, in it you know just just firing at random and all of the teachers have have weapons and they all come out into the hallway. And now the police shows up and the police are they're there to try and neutralize the shooter when everybody in the hallway is carrying a gun. I mean, what kind of chaos are we going to to develop in that scenario? And no offense to the teachers out there. Yeah. Um, we're going to let these teachers that are underpaid, overworked and overstressed carry a weapon. Look. We, they can't even buy crayons for the class. They got to ask us to donate them. So we want them to carry a weapon. It's it's hard enough time teaching these kids in the curriculum that they they are they have to deal with today. Let yeah. alone we want them. I mean, and my biggest thing is too when you've got them. Well, we need protection. If the president of the United States and Hollywood can have protection, then our kids can have it. So let me get this straight. Yeah, every school in the country is going to have the level of security that the president has. Who who's paying for that? Number right. one. Number two, you're telling me that you're going to have like 10 guards at this school, one guard. 
It, come on, Pete. That's illogical. No, the thrust right now is to defund the police. Right. To, you know, to 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 uh, give them less or to provide more. Uh, excuse me, training for the police in mental mental health issues. I, I don't. These they're, are they're not, all. They're not, yeah. They're and, skirting and around the, the problem. You know, and one of the highest suicide rates in this country, by the way, is with our first responders. Well, I mean, I, I know why. Here, uh, uh, talking about, I don't know if you saw this this uh, uh, report uh, about, we were talking about the Allen uh, uh, Outlet Mall, but uh, there was a state representative there, Frederick Frazier. Uh, Texas Representative Frederick Frazier, his wife and two children were at the Allen Premium Outlet Mall on, on Saturday, one hour before the fatal shooting. Jeez, jeez. And all. As a Republican state representative from McKinney, which is right where the, 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 the outlet mall basically is, uh, he now believes that the moment has come to initiate discussions oh. about enhancing gun regulations in Texas. Why is that a starting point? He, he, he was quoted as saying, I'm a Republican through and true, but this needs to be where we come together and figure out how to fix this. Oh, we're just now going to start talking about right. it. Right. 50 years after the... the well, it's the, because the NRA isn't paying him enough. That's why he said what he said. He, yeah, he's not on the books yet. Uh, but it it just... it it. <laughs> The other thing that, like they say, you know, you 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 you'll support the NRA and you support the the no no need for for having kind of any regulation and all, but they say unless it happens to you, and if you become personally involved in one of these situations, which is exactly what happened in this man's case, all of a sudden now he's proactive for doing something. But there was another another quote or something i i i got it here someplace that says yeah congress is going to look at it but uh congress is ready to wrap up pretty soon so Again. it's not likely that it's going to be a, a, a you know introduced into the house uh for any discussion until maybe next year unbelievable that's the thing like most of them don't have to deal with what we deal with on a daily basis. They're in a different level. They're paid on a different level. They're they're in their biodome of political nonsense and circus. Yeah. Uh, the fact that sh that you can come out and and say, "Oh, I'm a Republican, and I think we should talk about it." Look, how, here's a thought. How about you're a human being, and you just don't want to see your people in the world die? I don't know. Who cares about the parties? Who cares about, you know, any of this other nonsense? Why do we have to sit here and start discussing these things? I don't like it should be an it should have been number one when you saw those numbers go up. And I would think that yeah. Go Governor Abbott in particular. You're number two. Number two in behind Chicago. You're, one of your biggest things that you've complained about over the years is how Democratic-run cities are rapid with crime and murders. Well, guess what? Um, your state is number two when it comes to mass shootings. Right. And, of course, instead of addressing that problem, uh, they waited until the 11th hour uh, when, when, when the borders are going to be now uh, open. So he's too busy looking at that which is which has been an ongoing problem also for years and years and years uh it it ain't adding up you know the 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 polls i've got all kinds of statistics here uh, uh and then we could do three more shows on this too but it says that 88 percent of americans and that's both parties irregardless of, of party affiliation but 88 percent of americans are, are appalled and fed up with mass shootings and they feel that something needs to be done. I don't understand how, if 88% of this country feels that we have gone too far and we need to do something, why is it that only 10 States out of 50 have, have passed laws reg putting any regulations into place, whether regulating a the sale of AR 15s or just putting uh, more stricter background checks only 10 states have done anything in the past 50 years to solve this problem. 
And the other states are still talking about it in committee and introducing bills that probably have no no chance of passing. It's so it's so interesting to me because I think part of that goes back to we need new blood in office. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, look, it's it's definitely an embedded uh, political mess when you have people that just sit there in office without term limits, without whatever, getting paid by special interest groups to do what they want. That's a problem. Um, they have an old way of thinking. I mean, look, we're picking on Abbott because we live in Texas. You know, I could pick on other people, but I'm talking about the state that I live in. Um, you talk about the, the 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 governors of the other forty states. That exactly. Have not done anything. Look at Abbott, his age. Look at how he grew up. Look at where he is, and look at who he hangs with. Yeah. That is a Cro-Magnon old school way of thinking. And he has implemented that in Texas. It's not a I'm Texas born, Texas proud, like he likes to say, because if you are, you would not want your people that vote may have voted for you dead. Um, exactly. Why don't you protect those Texans? The other thing that I don't like that I just can't fathom for the for the life of me is this idea of, no, we actually need more guns. You know, let's arm our teachers. Let's arm our, I, I got in a discussion with somebody and I had to bow out of it because it turned into like, I was talking to a wall. And I was talking about, they, they said, well, look, if you look at the Allen Outlet Mall and you look at these places where these happen, these are soft targets. These are gun-free zones where citizens are not allowed to carry guns there. And I'm sitting there going, come on, man. You think for one second, and I've been at Al Allen Out Malls a thousand times. You think for one second that every single Texas law-abiding citizen that is walking there is listening to a sign that says, oh, I can't bring my gun here. And their, and their argument was, well, they have to if they do this. And I'm like, no, they don't have to. Just like when you go into Stonebriar Mall, which, by the way, had an incident, and it turned out to be a false alarm, allegedly, we don't know, um, that says gun-free zone. You're telling me that every person walking in that mall that is a true citizen just shopping there, hanging out, no trouble, is not caring? I don't buy it. Well, and their argument was... If you allowed these people to open carry there, this would have never happened. And I say that's BS it because somebody there had a gun. Maybe they didn't have access or even knew where the shooter was, or I don't know, maybe their human side kicked in and they got scared and hid because that will happen. Not everybody that has a gun is ready to pull the trigger and pull it out there. Maybe they should be. Not everybody that has a gun is going to seek out that danger. That's just the way it is, guys. We like to think that we're going to be, you know, die hard and we're going to take it out. But the reality is, here I am, and I've thought about this because I have to. When I'm out in public with my son, who's five, I think about things that can happen. And I've always looked out for an exit strategy, a safety thing. I've done that before. I mean, I've done that before, kids. And, That's just you know, who I am. Well, and if you're out walking with your son or I am out in a mall with my grandson, and if if I see if I was to see someone that had a pistol on their belt, open open carry because they 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 don't have to have the license for it and all. And and if it is a, a, any open carry area, what am I gonna do? Goodbye. I'm leaving. I'm I'm, not... I'm going home. And, and, and <laughs> I'm mean, not going to fight. Look, I'm not scared to fight. And if I had to protect my son and the people I was with, I would right. fight and do everything I can. But if I know there's an active shooter and I'm in the mall, do you think I'm going to go seek him out with my five-year-old? I'm leaving. Yeah, I'm going to you, protect you, him. And that's the way it is. You do raise a, a, a good point. And if there is an upside to what happened at the Allen Mall is I believe that that mall the management had a protocol for all of the shopkeepers uh, and all that they were following in case anything like this happened, because immediately when it did happen, even before the police were there to escort people off the property, the individual shopkeepers got all the people that were in their stores and anybody was in front of their mm -hmm. stores 
into the store, into the back room, out the back door. They it was like a well-tuned plan and all. And it probably saved, saved, you know, dozens and dozens of lives. Absolutely. By, by eliminating the 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 physical presence of those people. And and if you saw the vo- the footage that was on TikTok and nowhere else, because that's what happens these days. They they were you saw that shooter walk by some of those stores where people were hiding and the doors were locked. Yeah, I'm not saying the shooter couldn't have got in there, but that wasn't what he was trying to do. He was trying to get whoever. And even at work, we have protocols. My son has had four shelter in place drills in preschool. Yeah. I we we grew up having fire drills. Now exactly. We active, now we have active shooter drills. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't, because again, the thing, the idea is muscle memory. The idea is, you know, getting that in your head. So if it does, I understand that it's important now, but the question is, how did we get here? And how do we stop? We've got to do something. And if it takes drastic measures to at least get people to look at the fact that we are doing nothing, I mean, we are we are beating our record from last year with mass shootings, and we're we're only in May. I, I know that's that's why I say we are so far ahead of any previous year over the last five years, uh, and all. And is that is that a statistic a statistic we should be proud of? Yeah. Absolutely not. In fact, that should be the biggest brightest light going off in in uh, our legislators' heads to say, you know what this is working against us. We better start doing something for the people because it's what the people want. That's in, it. In, in, instead of 80% of the country feeling one way and those people that we send to represent our viewpoint aren't doing the job. They're just not doing the job. They're not. And and I, I'm really tired. Like I look at, <clears throat> I went out last night and, you know, to a massive event and I got to tell you, I used to never go out and just think about the potential of something happening. Sure. I, I was aware of my surroundings and protected who I was with, but yep. now I'm like, look, the grocery store is not a safe place. Yeah. The mall and you can't live in fear. And I don't think anybody should, but I have to be honest with you. I've questioned going to certain things because how many times am I going to play this gambling game with my son where something happens? That's and that, but and I literally have to process: Am I going to go here? But now it doesn't matter what I've ever thought about the mall. What I mean, just that week in Frisco. Look, we had the incident at the Frisco Fair where I was literally getting ready to take my son. Yeah. And of course they covered it up and we still don't know what happened, but, and they shut the fair down. So we got that. We had the horrible thing, the horrible tragedy at Allen. We had a false alarm at Stonebriar. Like it's circling all around us. There was also a a false alarm over at, uh, at Prosper high school. There was Uh, a false alarm. And then they found that, that middle school, a middle school girl who sent out threats on attacking schools. Why? And then the first thing they say, well, oh, was she bullied? Look, I don't care if she was bullied. This is what this is where our society is right now. And sooner or later, we are affected by it. And when I feel like it's just a matter of time before we're having this conversation on or off the air again, that's a problem. Before we check out, I want to I want to let the people that are watching and listening know of of an organization that I have been involved with for five years, uh, and it started after the Parkland shooting in uh, in Florida. It is called SaveOurSchools.org. I invite everybody to visit that site because while some of our governors are saying let's arm all of our teachers, what this program is. Prof- is is saying is let's put panic buttons on the ID cards of every teacher that's in the school. That way they don't have to be trained on how to use a, a weapon. If there is a, if there is a breach, all they got to do is reach down for their ID card and press the button yeah. on the back and it immediately alerts the authorities and it will tell the authorities exactly where in the school that button was pressed. 
and it can cut down the response time. It is a simple program. It's an affordable program. It will cost a hell of a lot less than than trying to arm teachers and and adding and adding more and more police to the schools' uh, roles to be in in the schools. It it's a basic program that four four states four out of fifty states in five years have adopted the Save Our Schools four. Alyssa's law and all. And Texas is not one of them yet. The Shocker. bill is. The bill is still sitting in committee. Uh, Shocker. This is this is a no-nonsense approach to protecting our kids. The malls and everything, that may be another another story. Uh maybe start to to arm all of the, the shopkeepers uh and all in the malls. It's a shame that we have to be talking this way. But this is a program. Saveourschools.org. Check it out. Have your have your your local authorities check it out and find out how they can maybe institute uh, this program, because it, it's a Brent, step. It's a step. Yeah, you you and I both are on the same page where we say that you know we don't have all of the answers, but active discussion is not something that we need to postpone. It needs to be done now. It it yes. needs to have been done years ago. But if it hasn't been done years ago, let's start doing it now because the future does not look good if we don't. No, um, it doesn't. <clears throat> so I was hoping to talk up, uh, about a half a dozen of other things with, with you, my friend. Uh, <laughs> and, and we got onto this. It's And, and the reason, the reason we, we got on it is because we're passionate about it. We, we both believe in it, not only for ourselves, we believe in it for our family, our families, and for your families, uh, that you take a, a deeper interest in this. And you need to take a deeper interest with your, your political representatives, letting them know, this is how the public feels. This is how you need to vote. Uh, and if not, when you go to the polls in the fall and everything, you get those people out and you put the people in that will represent the the will of the people. 100%, yeah. Well, I guess that'll wrap it up for another edition of uh, Someone You Should Know. I thank my special guest, my co-host, uh, my good friend, uh, Brandon Navarro. Thank you, my, my friend, for, for being a part of the show. Oh, thanks for having me. All right. Catch up with you later and join us again every Tuesday morning at eight o'clock for Trash Talk. We'll share more of some of the stuff we talked today, but otherwise come back again next week for another edition of Someone You Should Know. Bye. Someone You Should Know. You should know.